Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello, how are you? Thank you so much for coming back and listening no matter when it is, no matter what day. I've got some blue sky energy here in Minneapolis. Across from me, as always, is Cyrus Amundsen. I, it's very nice. Who, what are we opening with weather? It is nice here as well. Let me open. So it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a show about small talk today. How are the how are the, how's the family? It's. I mean, I think you know. So I, I did stand up this weekend again. Yeah, you and did. I opened with? for the Mike E. Winfield. Yeah, King of Kings, Mike E. Winfield, Golden it, Buzzer Receiver on America's Got Talent All Star Edition. Mike E. Winfield. So, also appearing on the show was friend of the program, Alex Schubert. He was the host. Yeah, Shubes. Yep. The Shubes. Old sweatpants dick. So, <laughs> Shubes is MCEen. MCEen? He's the MC. Oh, it's for sure not that. There we go. Let's take a different route. Good job. Shubes is the host of yeah, the evening's ceremonies. Yeah. And so you know how everybody is, obs- comedy has become Instagram clips? That's what we do now. Right. That's as I wade back into the comedy world and look at all my former peers, I go, oh, we now make 40 second Instagram clips in hopes that enough people like them that we can sell tickets. Is that an accurate description? That's very accurate. Now, here's the problem. I just went to an open mic last night at uh, okay. Acme Comedy Company. Sure. And boy, this thing was loaded. 80 people signed up. Only 21 got on. I mean, this thing was loaded. So the crowd is mostly people there to laugh, partially people there angry they didn't get on the list. So now <laughs> we got... Uh, did I ever tell you about when I went to the Comedy Corner Underground open mic? Did I tell that story on here? No. No, okay, so I walk in. I got to tell you this. <clears throat> I walk in. I'm sorry I'm hijacking your story, but I, I got two things. First of all, let me go back to Acme. I'm all over the map. So I met Acme. No, this is great. What an episode. All right. I met Acme, and I see a guy that I think is very funny. I like him very much. I think he has a ton of potential. But then I saw him do a joke that I just watched him do on Instagram earlier that day. And I was like, I don't know if that's a good idea to put out material that you're either still doing or going to use again. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think, I think I that could know. potentially harm you. Now, let's go back to yeah. Comedy Quarter Underground. I walk in, okay. and this is one of the first open mics I've done in years, right? So I, Jesus fucking Christ. It's, it's delivery day here. It's delivery day here at the house. Podcast every fucking fi- every five day. minutes. Not not one Amazon driver can bring all the boxes. That would be crazy. Let's divvy them up. Let's put them in different vans. And let's do some sort of contest. Who can deliver quickest to Chad's house? Who can get the boxes there in time for this show to be interrupted 55 fucking times? Let's see if we can do that. Let's, what we're not going to do, I'll tell you this. We're not going to make it efficient. We're not going to put all the boxes in one van and have a guy bring all the boxes at once and ding dong one time. 
We're gonna separate them up, different vans. If you don't have a van, put it in the trunk of your car and get it there after work for some more fucking interruptions. What is going on? I'll tell you what's going on. Normally when one of our dogs barks and interrupts the show, we cut it out of the show. And we're not, this, we should cut it. This, this is, this is making it. This is, this is the episode today. Poe is getting a guest spot with his barks oh, in the background I'm and tell you all something. of that. The reason energy. I freaked out is because I thought we were cutting it because that's been the rule. But I cannot fucking stand this policy <laughs> of they ask you when you order the shit. They ask you to sign up. It's called Amazon Delivery Day. That's what they call it. They go, hey, man, this could be here one day earlier, but do you want to just put it with the rest of the shit that's already ordered? And I go, yeah, man, save a trip. No, no, don't save a trip. What Amazon Delivery Day is, is we're going to send it to different warehouses, put it in different vans, and have them fucking Shriner go-kart their way through a parade over to your house so you can fucking ding-dong on the whatever it's called, the live camera bell. Ring cam. Jesus you got Christ. a ring cam? I'm f- I got a ring cam. Yeah, dude. you're doing well. I always I wonder how well cam. you're doing, but a ring cam? You know cam? what? I'm going to tell you something. A ring cam costs, I'm going to guess, $250. Yeah. To rent a camera for a special, it's like $2,500. So my question is this. Actually, I actually think it's $7,500. My question is this. Why not? Have you seen the ring cam footage? It's pretty good. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll shoot a fucking special in black and white. Give me three ring cams, right, in different locations in the room. And let's just, anytime I, I'm about to start to tell a joke, I'm going to press the button and it'll start recording. Ding dong. And you'll know, you'll know, hey, I got to get out of the kitchen. I got to get my popcorn made because ding dong, Chad's about to start a joke. I was at a comedy uh, opening. Uh, 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 I love it. I don't. You can't keep going on that. I, I, I think if I get deep back in the comedy game, you know, if I'm out there with which I'm not going to. Let's be very clear about that. But let's say I'm back out there with all you jekylls, you know, ruining comedy by having crowd interactions that get posted on Instagram, and so therefore fans think that's what live comedy is like. So they come and ruin the shows, and it's. You know, let's say I'm a part of that beast now and I'm just doing comedy again. I think as I build my act and I look for a place to do my special, I think it's Chad's doorstep. I think and I can promise you Dan Maynard's going to show up for that special. That's not a bad idea. (laughs) John and Nicole will be there. I can. Sean's going to be there. I can get a small little crowd. I ding the dong. Poe's already bringing energy. And that's where I film my special. And I just call it outside Chad's place. Yeah, and Poe definitely is your hype man. He is the flavor flavor of this townhome. So you're at the Comedy Corner Underground. And I'm I'm gonna tell you something. I had some I had some energy. I had some it wasn't ner I wasn't nervous, but I had that like, oh shit, haven't Mm -hmm. done this in a while, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're going in, you know there's gonna be a lot of comedians there. Sure. So I, I I'm I'm walking from my Uber to the front door, I cross the street. And then I hear this guy outside and he goes, I'm just so, I'm just so fucking sick of it, man. I didn't make the list. It makes nothing makes me more furious than not making the list. And I was like, uh, I just kept walking. I'm like, yeah, I've been there. Right. Mm-hmm, that's tough. And then he goes, and then, and then sometimes I make the list and I eat shit and that makes me furious. And then I started laughing. Cause I think that's a very funny thing. It's like, Hey man, maybe it's not comedy. That's making you furious. Maybe you need to check your rearview mirror. Maybe find out what happened to you when you were six. So 
I go in. And then sometimes I go home and I'm hungry. And that makes me <laughs> fucking furious. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And so I go downstairs. I'm watching Tim Harmston, Fien Harnstein, yes. Papa Harmstino, however you know him. I'm watching him do his set, killing, but the guy that was mad outside is in the front row, but his chair has been turned 90 degrees from the stage, so he's, like, his right shoulder is closest to the stage now. His feet are up on the chair next to him. He's not looking at Tim. He's staring where his head would stare, out into the crowd, and he's got headphones in. So he's he's shunning the stage that dismissed him. He that's exactly right. How poetic. He's shunning the stage that dismissed him. And uh and he was supposed to be MCing. And he <laughs> so he's like staring out into the crowd and I'm not having it, right? Yeah. I go up, I have an idea in my head about about just saying like, "Hey man, you want to take your headphones out?" But I go, "I'm not going to do that." I'm going to just let, I'm going to let everyone see what a pouty bitch this kid is. Mm -hmm. And it, it's almost like he's trying to have the crowd look at him and then base their reaction on him, on him not laughing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I get up there in the middle of my set, he gets up and goes to the bar. So I go, Hey motherfucker, you're this pouty. So I lose my mind. I go, imagine being such a pouty bitch that you don't get your name on the list. So you have to go in the front row and wear headphones? Really, you catty asshole? And you're like going to kick your feet up and not laugh so the crowd sees you not laughing because you're king shit of fuck mountain, right? You're, you're the mm -hmm. comedy lord in this place. Everybody needs to put you on their list. And, I, and he's got a Raiders hat on. And I go, take your Raiders hat off. The Raiders nation I know doesn't allow bitches, right? So I'm really getting intense about it. And he just keeps walking away. I go, yeah, fucking walk away. So the whole time I'm forgetting he has headphones in. The whole time I'm saying all this stuff. And he continues to walk away, which is a pretty cool move. But also it's because I didn't know that he had the, the thing. Um, so then... Um, there's this comedian, her name's Emma, super funny, local, and, uh, but, but getting out on the road, I've seen her Instagram post, she's actually, she's out on the road, really doing great, and mm -hmm. she has to follow my nonsense, and so then he comes back into the room after getting a drink while she's on stage, and I was just like, what the fuck? Oh, no. And, uh, of course, you know, Emma handled it like a pro, but it was just such a such a crazy thing. And this is my, by the way, again, my first open mic in years. And I lose my shit on a local, a local comedian. Just like, I just don't have whatever that is. Whatever that is that goes, hey, you don't know the situation. You haven't been here forever. Give it a rest. Yeah. Not me. I go in like I've, like I run the joint. Yeah, you don't have, we call that, you don't have breaks. Yeah. Yeah, no governor chip. It's going to be tough for you here when you realize that I like Sasha Baron Cohen. I'm, I've taken on you? many. I've taken on that many characters in your life. Dude, that and was yeah, you. That was me. That's me. I uh, and you know, and I I played the furious thing well. I dug deep and looked for the fury. It was really 
easy to come into. I threw the Raiders cap on. They made my nose look different. And I was like, when's Chad going up? And they're like, after Harmston. And I fucking plopped it down. And I was like, let's see if we can make him have a heart attack on stage. Because you were close. eventually, if this show ends, there's a number of ways it can end. Mutual destruction, right? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, that's got to be... That's my vote. I, I, that's that's my vote as well. Uh, but there's also one of us passes away and the other one, like, Chad, you die. And I'm like, well, I don't, we're, we're going to keep going with middle of summer. And it just becomes some weird, sad tribute show. And then we try to replace you like your Aunt Viv on The Fresh Prince. And even though... <laughs> The show is okay. You know, you like the aunt, the regular Aunt Viv more. And uh, so, you know, maybe I'm trying to speed that process up. Maybe that's what we're doing here. Yeah, that seems a little intense. Just so you know, uh, if you pass away, um, I'm going straight. Hey, everybody, it's Moose in the Morning. We got Sai Amazon in the hot seat. He's in the dead seat. <laughs> it's not even hot anymore. It's kind of cold, if you know what I'm saying. Just you um, think that's a funny bit, but cut to you four months later, just crying during an episode while you're having conversations with me, but it's you doing an impression of me. Hey, everybody, it's Cy Amish, and I'm just, everything's going great over here. Just letting you know, I cut my heel today, and it hurts. <laughs> so I, I'm just gonna actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have your body shipped to my place. <laughs> I am gonna build your exact room. And then it's going to take a while, like uh, claymation or whatever, when you have to move it every second. Oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to say something. I'm going to go, hey, Cy, what's, uh, what's going on, man? And then I'm going to go behind you and weekend at Bernie <laughs> you and just like, everything's fine. <laughs> Look at me. I got a, I got a stocking cap on and it's <laughs> 70 degrees out. Yeah. I mean, that was more hurtful than the normal impression. But yeah, I think that's a pretty good. I think that's a pretty good plan. Back to Schubert. So we're talking about Alex Schubert. So Schubes is the host for the evening, and Schubes near the end of his set so has a very funny joke about how he is on the autism spectrum, and how there was a woman. He does jokes about having uh, Aspergers. And uh, he had a woman come up to him after the show and was like, you shouldn't do that. And he asked her why. And she basically said he didn't seem autistic enough. That was like her, (laughs) which is that is an all time white woman in an SUV move, like approaching someone with autism and be like, you don't get to make autism jokes because you're not Rain Manny enough. Right. Yeah. Count. Th- hold on for a second. Count these toothpicks it's and wild. just drops them on the floor. So this kid at Acme that I told you I, I like, he's got great potential. I think he's very funny. Also, Spectrum also was approached by a white lady. Same thing. That's f- crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Isn't that wild? What do you think she drove? Like a Tahoe or an ex- Expedition or something like that? The point is. <laughs> she was definitely taking up two park, uh, parking spots. Yeah. So... Shubes introduces me first show of the weekend. He introduces, he closes on the people don't believe I'm autistic bit. And then he introduces me and he does the thing that good hosts do, which is they adjust the mic stand away from their height to the next comedian's height. Yep. And 
While I'm walking on stage as he's trying to do that, he breaks the mic stand. Was he using his dick? <laughs> and he, he yanks it out, and now it's come apart. And yeah. he is trying to put it back together, and it's not going great. So it's at a funny bone, so they have, they have walk-up music. So walk-up music is playing. I'm standing next to Shubes while he tries to fix the mic stand that he's broke on stage. And it's, it's not going quick, and it's not going well. And so all the I, king's horses and all the king's men. So, and I'm doing the Price is Right where I just put my hand out, the Price is Right model. Like I'm like, here it is, a new car. And yeah. where's that lady that didn't think he was autistic enough? Well, you did it. That's the moment I got the mic. He has to take the mic stand off stage to fix it. And as he's walking off, I just go, looks like you got a new ending to that people don't believe I have autism joke. <laughs> and he laughs hard. I laugh hard. The crowd uh, has a good time with it. And it's this nice moment. It was fun. It was funny. Uh, he fixes the mic stand off stage. By, by the way, I have it on video. He runs back on stage. I didn't notice because I was busy trying to sit my shitty body down and start doing comedy. <laughs> but he ran back on stage, put the mic down, and did like a jump fist pump like Mario was punching a mushroom. <laughs> oh, yes. That's incredible. See, that's clip worthy. That's what you put on the internet. Well, see, here's the thing. That was his first thing. He goes, you, did you get that on video? I, we have to put that on the internet. And I was like, Shubes, there's no way we can put that on the internet. I understand that in the room it was magic, but they would need the context of your full set of autism jokes and your long closing bit. Otherwise, it's just me shitting on a dude with autism and a crowd going <laughs> crazy about it. I was like, you can, my first clip back... YouTube, Inst anything. And my first clip back into comedy is just me shitting on a dude like, hey, it looks like you don't, you don't have autism good enough. What? No way. We can't do that. <laughs> no, and I completely agree with that. That's not what I meant. I meant it would be amazing if you just had the jump and then had somebody superimpose a mushroom. <laughs> oh, sure. That would be very funny. Or a mic or a microphone that goes back into the stand. Uh, that's, that's wonderful. I heard a really funny story. Who's the guy, and this is, uh, this is secondhand story, but who's the guy that always secondhand asks Secondhand lions. Air Haley Joel Osment. They flip the Air plane Force, over. It crashes into the barn. That's how we should end the show. You and me, just like I've have to have pitched this on our podcast before. When we've done all that we can do, which let's, let's be honest, what's left to accomplish in the show we're going video that's coming in the next few weeks right we're gonna finally go video hope once we've gone <laughs> once we've gone video i mean in theory there's a skeet mcgraw album out there in theory there's a finding chad's by the fucking way Hold on, hold on, hold on, no. hold on. What, what's that? Just wait. What's happening right now is a white lady needs to come up to you after a show and go, you're not doing enough autism jokes. <laughs> you should let people know you have it. I know, I know I'm, I'm detouring here, but the thing I was about to say is the Finding Chad's Dad True Crime podcast. Sure. Our friend, uh, Neil Justin, who is a fantastic 
arts and comedy writer for the Star Tribune. I think he's the only person that I, and there's probably some I don't know of, but he's one of the only, if not one of the few people in the United States writing interesting pieces about comedians and the art of comedy in today's day and age. Is that a fair assessment? Yes. He did a piece about you, he the did. Chad, when yeah. you returned home to your home club last two weekends ago. Something like that, yeah. And it was all about you, your life, these two specials. And it, it was the best attempt to capture who you are and the choices you've made as a comic, I would say. To a comic and father, yeah. Yeah, yeah, stay, yeah, that's what I mean. Like being a comic within being the sort of human being and family member you want to be. And so he did reach out. Uh, he reached out to me. I told you that. Yeah, you were in the article. And I know because I finally read it last week. And he used the only he used two quotes. And one of them was the one I told at the end of the quote. I was like, don't put that quote in there. And he literally was like, fuck, I knew you were going to say it. And then he put it in there anyway. It was the thing yeah. about it was I think I said you were like uh, Tim Allen if he's talented. <laughs> If he, yeah, Tim Allen, if he had an act or something. Yeah, uh, which I don't believe that's a fair representation. If he of had life. a sweet Catholic bit. So, but it was in reference to whether or not you should have a sitcom. The point is, nestled in this wonderful piece about you, who you are, where you've been, and where you're going. Well, a couple pieces of misinformation. See, that's I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Let's talk about it, because he he talks about how you joke your father is dead, and then right. Neil Justin writes, but in reality, I'm typing. That's it's not even a video podcast, and I'm fake typing. In in actuality, he's living in Las Vegas. Yeah, what is that about? I don't. It makes me think a couple of things. It makes me think he wasn't completely listening to me. It makes me think he wanted to, uh, just in case, break the news. I love that. And uh, the other one was um, he had done some investigative reporting and actually found found my dad in Las Vegas. We gave me none of the none of the stuff. And that's what I need to reach out to Neil because if that that is that could be the information that is the key to unlocking our finding Chad's dad true crime uh, podcast series. So yeah, so the things that we I don't even oh the things that we have left to accomplish are move to video Skeet McGraw album finding Chad's dad and then our live show in the Caribbean. Live show in the Caribbean, and I'm going to give you two more that people that started listening at the very beginning are going to remember. We were going to review my first comedy album, and mm -hmm. also you were going to release Bruce's hit, Took My Dog to Prom, or whatever it was I took a, I took a dog to prom, yeah. I took a dog to prom, That's, yes. So we have, six, we have six things that are out there. And we should probably do a uh, Patreon sometime in, in the next three months. So seven. I think we. I think now's the time. It's been a busy. There's a lot going on for us. The point is, once we accomplish those things, do we hop in an airplane and fly it into a barn, just like in Secondhand Lions? Was this a long way to go for a Secondhand Lions reference? 
I don't know secondhand lions. I do know the Buddy Holly story, and I think we should tour with four comedians, Ran Barnaclow, Mike Cronin, you, and myself. We should flip a coin. One person has to get in the car and drive the long way through Iowa. The other three go secondhand lions. Again, I've never seen it. I don't know what I'm talking about. Robert Duvall, Michael Caine, Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment? Osmond? Osment? Osmond. Yeah, it's like your name. Um, Amund. Osmond. Haley Joel Amundsen. Yeah, he's uh, shitty. No dad. Shitty mom. So he's got 50% of the Chad Daniels backstory, right? Yep, yep. And the mom is like, hey, I can't really watch you. Go live with this distant old man relative. And there are these two old crazy men. You would... You would love this. This is actually the Steve lines. Daniel story because my dad, his dad took off when he was two. His mom went absolutely insane. So he had to go live with his grandparents. And that's why. So, you know how, like, you, you, you kind of, your, your parents represent their parents' generation, mm-hmm. right? Well, he skipped one. He had to go back an additional one. So I was raised. In a very strange, like disciplinary situation, because he was he was raised by his grandparents. It was pretty pretty insane. There was a lot of sitting around watching wrestling with my dad. Somebody is gonna hate this, and I don't care. But I I'm a big empathy trauma like. People's, I think it's interesting because when you think of your parents and when you think of older people, all you do is think about who they are now and the choices they're making now and whether they're right or wrong and not necessarily, although I, I'm not excusing personal responsibility, I think when you learn about, especially your parents, like who they were as children, I think that can shed light on who they became as adults and i'm not saying that they shouldn't have done a better job in ways but it's interesting to know that your dad who did all the things he did to you was raised in the situation that he was raised in and and was essentially dual abandoned by parents yeah yeah he got he got a real raw end of the deal but uh again you know I, we, we 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 talk about how he took off and how it's you know this big joke thing and everything but he was up until you know he started working for a liquor company and really getting into it he was a a, a fine father sure well that's way to undo Time. three years of jokes in one fucking sentence but okay well he was <laughs> Okay, I have to, so I would like to talk about something before we're done here. Sure. Uh, I, and I sent this to you. I read an article. Is it the Oculus story? It is the Oculus story. Okay. So I I sent you two things. But this, the title of an article that I read was Oculus Creator Fired by Facebook Made a VR Headset That Can Kill User, Kill User, in real life. Yeah. Now, I think it's important to start with the fact that there are probably no two men on earth who know less about the metaverse than you and I. Is that fair? I would agree with that. I'm going to say we could go to a small town diner and find two that could compete, but I do think we are way up there, yeah. 
I think there's probably a guy in the Everglades right now strangling a gator so he can have dinner. And if we stopped over for said dinner, we'd probably learn something about the metaverse from that guy. I, I'm nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, like, if I were to say to you, Chad, what's the metaverse? Yeah, I mean, we, we would go to that guy's house and be like, what gives you the strength to strangle an alligator? And he just goes, oh, I just pretend it's Zuckerberg. You're like, oh, okay, all right. I've so got some real issues with the metaverse. Yeah. yeah. That'd be a great Skeet McGraw song. Well, I got issues with the metaverse. I can't do it right now. This is going to be too long of a bit. I don't know why I would bring Skeet into this. I bet my dad could explain the metaverse pretty well. Two reasons. One. Ponytail. <laughs> three, three reasons. Re three reasons. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Let's get that other finger up there. Ponytails, number one. Number what two, incredible scientist. Yeah. Uh, number three, I think he has a pretty high level of interest in sex robots. Yeah, you think? And that has or to Or you watched him fuck a robot. <laughs> that has to oh, Let's talk about your childhood how huh, for a second. Every time there's new sex robot news, it's immediately a part of his conversation docket. Every sure. time. So, I Yeah, I think he could probably learn us a bit. I do Here's so I read the article and I want to start here. I, I do know what the Oculus is. I've heard of the Oculus. You've heard of I gotta, the Oculus. I got to break in here for a second. What if, how disappointed is your father going to be when he finds out sex robots are just like the self-checkout lane where they don't do a ton? They just come up with the software and then you have to like form the hand on his dick and then he has to grab the robot's elbow and move it for him. He's not going to be really thrilled about that. And then all of a sudden it's going to go, keep item in bagging area. And he's like, what the fuck? And he has to wait for an employee to come over and restart the thing. He's not going to be thrilled about this. <laughs> I know what the Oculus is and... It turns out the guy who created the Oculus is a human man named Palmer Lucky. Yeah. Which, great name. Mm -hmm. You might as well be named Finger Loosely. It's a good, <laughs> it's a good name. Palmer Lucky sounds like a phrase from the 50s that you would do to a girl like, Hey, Jerry, I saw you up at Makeout Point. Did you Palmer Lucky? Like, it's... <laughs> I will tell you, Finger Loosely is absolutely the name of Skeet's guitar player. He plays the slide guitar. And over on guitar, we got my longtime cohort, a man who knows how to pluck a string. Ladies and gentlemen, put it together. Finger Loosely. What's Skeet's drummer's name? We probably... This is, what, this is the problem when we bring him up. I think it's like... Uh, I think his drummer has to be called like something like Johnny Pound Town or something. <laughs> yeah, it's all sexual. Either that or his name is just Thump. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Palmer Lucky. So I, I will, I think we're accurate there with the whole phrase and stuff. But it also sounds like the name of a kid's party magician. You know, maybe somebody, yeah. who, magician, He that's his stage name. His real name is like Jeff Thompson. And he goes by Palmer Lucky because he's, a lot of card tricks, and he yeah. thought he was going to go pro, and he just never made it, so now he's doing kids' birthday parties while guys who work in finance stand in the back of their room and talk shit about him while their kids watch. That feels like 
probably who we get Palmer Palmer Lucky on AGT, and it's just like, you know, I just I just didn't get it. I just didn't get what you were trying to do. Well, I kind of like when you put the card in your butthole. That was nice for me. My name's Heidi Klum. I am a German judge on America's Got Talent, Elvita Zen. I'm not going to do... Are you going to... I'm going to cut you off. I'm not going to let you do Sofia Vergara. Sofia? No, no, no. And that's and that's fine. But let me do... By the that. way, I know... Hey, everybody! I've had a comedy career forever, and I like to make puns, and I shave my head, so I look young, but I fucking hate germs. I'm from Canada. There's not an American judge on America's Got Talent. <laughs> what a bunch of fucking clowns. So, what do you think... What do you think going pro for a magician is? What would you consider that? I think getting paid. So getting pa- Don't be an asshole. That's what going pro and everything is. <laughs> I think, let me give you what I believe to be, I know this is a side note. Uh, we'll come back to Oculus Guy, but let me give you what I believe to be my hierarchy of magicians. And you can reorder them if you want. So I think the bottom rung is, you know, I don't like magicians. <laughs> My bottom rung is birthday party magician. Adult man, birthday party magician. Do I think it's something to be ashamed of? No. But on the hierarchy of pro magicians Mm -hmm. performing in someone's living room for their child and their children's friend, their child's friends, I think that has to be the bottom of the rung for me. Above birthday party is, and I mean just barely, is guy you went to high school with who does card tricks at parties, right? Okay. Have you been Have you been to a party with a guy who's doing little sleight of hand magic? I've been to a TGI Fridays where they have a guy come to your table and do close up magic. And I'm going to tell you something. I was with my friend Chris Welly back in high school, and it rocked my fucking world. Oh, dude, David. The guy took a paper children's menu. He formed it around the ketchup bottle. We were all watching. And then he smushed it down. He smushed it down. There was no more ketchup bottle. There was no hole in the table. There was no hole in the tablecloth. There were no lumps underneath the tablecloth. It was a goddamn... It was magic. It wasn't a trick. It was magic. Uh, Let's be real. I love magic. None of this is none of this is coming from a place of judgment. I just think I need I I need to see if my feelings about how they rank. That guy who you went to high school with who does card tricks. That's only you only become that guy if one time you do a card trick and somebody sucks your dick, right? Like I can make something disappear sure. and for the rest of your life you chase that moment. I assume. Yeah, it's like what are you what are you going to follow around a cover band? around the Midwest and try to get up and sing glycerine every time. I mean, what, what's your problem, dude? So, um, so I'm going to tell you that what if we do the Palmer Lucky uh, magician biography, right? And you're interviewing mm-hmm. somebody and, and it's just like, Hey, uh, you knew Palmer, you know, he, he started off doing those, those children's parties. It had to been really rough on him. Well, I, actually when I, when I talked to Palmer, he'd always tell me that, uh, that he loved seeing the uh, the joy in the children's eyes anytime he uh, picked their card. It was actually, you would think it wasn't fulfilling, but to Palmer, to Palmer Lucky, it was life. I hate this. I hate, I hate this 
so much that I might abandon my hierarchy. I'm not gonna, because it no, needs to be it. out there do in the it. world. It needs to be out there yeah, in the world. Let's do it. Above guy who got a hand job once and then does magic at parties. Slight, slightly above that is teenage boy who got a magic kit and performs at talent shows. And then okay. above that is where it starts to get serious. Because above that, I think you have corporate magician, a guy who mm -hmm. performs for people at parties that they don't want to be with or be at because it's with their like bosses and stuff. Uh, but that's a good yep. living. And then above that, and this might not monetarily be above those other ones, but street magic, street magicians are amazing. And yeah, I don't are. need to make everything about race like I always do on the show, but I'm not interested in watching white people watch a street magician. No chance. If you made a channel that was called Street Magic and Black People, I'll I'll give you whatever you want. I'll cancel Hulu, Netflix. I'll cancel everything, and that'll be my channel going forward. It's I just can't watch. If you and you have a problem with that, and you're listening, have a cooler reaction, whites. You're so I. I think I know how he did it. Shut the fuck up and start running up and down the street yeah. shouting. He also, made it disappear. Yeah. Also, ooh, that doesn't do that it. That sucks. For me. That sucks. Right? That sucks. Uh, so I need to tell you, the people listening, please, please, please don't watch this around your kids or anyone that's easily offended, but please search Brent Bruh. Weinbach Street Magician. Yeah. It is some of the funny, it's, it, I can watch it over and over and over and over and over and laugh every single time. It is so fucking wild. Brent Weinbach is the funniest. I, I mean, he's I, the, he's the funniest. You guys, you know that I do not throw around the word genius that often because I really think it gets overused, but Brent Weinbach, man, is for sure a genius when it comes to, uh, well, probably everything because I think it's all inclusive, but his comedy is so outrageous and his brain works in such a specific way. I'm begging you guys to watch that. If I had to pick right now two people who aren't nationally famous and make them nationally famous, it's him and Huntsberger. Those are my two picks. It's Brent Weinbach and David Huntsberger. It's, that's easy. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even have to think on it. I get that. I go, uh, I go Jackie Cation. Oh, She's my... no, Cation, yes. Oh, that's the put she, three of them. She's in there. my go-to on this. Um, I just there's there's just something. Uh, speaking of magic, very magical about her. But anyway, yeah. so you go. So now you I'll got you're at the corporate level. So we're no we're above corporate. I think is street magic. Street above magic. that is yep. Vegas. <clears throat> above that is have have my own TV show or be on TV, and then on top of that is is David Copperfield. We spent we spent way too much time on this. Well, I don't think so. There's a guy named Derek Hughes. Oh, he's the king. That I think has done probably every single thing that you just mentioned. Except uh, he's David been on TV. He's he's except he's not David he's Copperfield. Not David. But he could probably turn himself into David Copperfield because he's a fucking fantastic ma magician. Yeah. You know yeah. that. But he invited us to. Uh, it was Ryan Stout and I. We went to the um, Magic Castle? House Is it in Castle? L.A. Magic Castle. Yes. It was so amazing, and he ended up being sick, so he wasn't even there, but he got us in. You're like, you have to know a magician that works there to get in, and then these fucking magicians are so yeah. insane. I mean, not I mean, insanely good, I should say. And so, uh, but if, yeah, man, um, I have seen Derek Hughes, we went out to eat with David Huntsberger, and 
Um, Derkies had a deck of cards with him and just started doing magic. And it wasn't showing off. It wasn't any of that. He just really, really genuinely enjoys tricking people, I think. Yeah. And seeing the fucking reaction on their face where it's like, how did you do that? I mean, I think he really loves that. Well, he's so outrageously good. And he's on, yeah, he's the top of the list. He's he's the one right before for Copperfield because he's been on TV yeah. a whole bunch of times. Yeah, he's unbelievable. So anyway, Palmer Lucky, the, the actual Palmer human Lucky. man. So he he sells Oculus, which we know what that is. He sells it to Zuckerberg for $2 billion. And I think the fact that he's out. So basically he creates this video game that attaches. It's a, it's a headset that attaches to your to your head. And if you were to play it, obviously it's not out there. He just built it. But if you were to play this, right. if you die in the game, it triggers something in the machine that explodes and fucking blows your brain up. So, you know, the darkest shit of all time. Yeah. I do think it proves a longstanding point that I've had, which is if you get too much money, there's nothing left to do except invest your time in the human power dynamic. So you start trying to fuck people you shouldn't. You start trying to bankrupt people. You know, you create a video game where a human can be no longer alive if they lose. But I've always thought like $2 billion, like sh yeah. I guess there are some people who might handle that well. But I think when you get that rich, it's like, well, what what now? You Because you have the... By Twitter. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. You do something insane. I would be... Dude, I'd be a fuck. I'd be a nightmare with two billion dollars. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad that somebody finally read my letter. I write a letter once a month to video game people saying, "You know what? Let's fucking put a little skin in the game here because it's a lot of talking shit on these headsets from 14-year-olds and there are no consequences. Oh, you died and now you have to go do your homework and eat dinner? Fuck you." I want if you if you get shot in the leg in a video game, boom, your leg comes off. You don't get to use your leg for six months, whatever it is. I've been writing this letter over and over and over, and never did I specifically address it to a one Palmer Lucky, but I'm glad it finally got to his office because it's about fucking time. Yeah, absolutely. If you lose a video game, you're gone. That's how it should be. Do you think... Because whenever there's a physical altercation in public, like, uh, you know, two people fighting in a grocery store or a screaming match at an airport or like a fist fight at, a, at an Applebee's, right? Yeah. Although there's usually one person that's probably more right than the other person, it's pretty rare that either of those people... I know there are instances where somebody's like, hey, I, I was defending my friend or my family... But more often than not, when people go to moments of rage in public, strangers go to mo like right. they bump shoulders. And now we're going to watch two 48 year old men wrestle each other to the ground seems in a mall. Okay. <laughs> so in that there's, there's very rarely are there any heroes in those stories. Right. I, I do like the idea if this could maybe the government needs to buy this. And whenever a public altercation goes, you know, we just, and this is, people aren't going to like this. They were really upset when we had to hire all these new IRS people. So they don't like, I understand people don't like government uh, spending, but maybe we hire a bunch of, we call them Mills Lanes in tribute to great boxing referee Mills Lane. 
They are yep. throughout our world in public. It's going to take a lot of them. But anytime an altercation comes up, you don't call the police. You call a Mills Lane. Mills Lane shows mm-hmm. up with the headsets and goes, all right, guys, we're going to settle this. You sit the two of them down in a chair. They put their headsets on and, you know, one of their brains explodes. If we're going to do this, if you're going to cut me off in traffic and flick me off because I was driving 58 at 60, I do want to be able to follow you to your house, call a Mills Lane and settle this thing for real. Like, let's add some fucking risk to your behavior out in public. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I love you. <laughs> All this time? <laughs> oh, man. You're not gonna, because I'm gonna keep talking. Please do. Well, I shouldn't. God, no one to end a show, Cy. I can't. You know what I would do with $2 billion? This is all I can think about. What I would do is I would start I would start a, a shell company that so no one knew it was me. I don't know what shell company means, but I've heard the term thrown around a bit. It sounds secretive, right? I'm taking it back. I've just taken it back. <laughs> so I'd I'd have a shell company that I owned, but I owned it secretly, which I think is how that works. And that shell company would own another company that was invested in artificial intelligence and the metaverse. And I think I would spend a majority of my money developing a sex robot. And. Oh my God, you and your daddy issues. Jesus Christ. He loves you. And then. Okay. maybe, Maybe when he says, I love you, maybe don't keep talking over him and you can accept his love. But just let him say that he loves you. You don't have to buy him and build him a sex robot. You. What if you, what if, what if you, what if, listen to me, what if you got him a sex robot and the artificial intelligence was so amazing in this sex robot's brain that she wouldn't fuck him because of his ponytail? That's what you're doing. That's the reason I'm building the company. You're already there. I'm building a sex robot. It's going to, I will market it to him. He won't know it. He will buy it. He will think it's a real sex robot. It gets to his house. They have sex for the first time, but it's programmed. So the moment they finish, it just goes, that wasn't very good, Bruce. And then every time he tries to take it out of the case, it just says it has a headache and never fucks him ever again. What if you go straight vagina guillotine? Oh, no, come on. No. Well, it's a, That's a hard set. Brains. I've never heard those words next to one another before. And I know we're not doing video yet, but if we were, people could have seen. You thought it and then said it, so you had a moment to process it. Vagina guillotine? That's a harsh back-to-back. Well, clearly you don't know people that do kegels daily. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.